For the Canadian Society of Physician Leaders, I'm Pat Rich, and this is Leading the Way, the podcast for and about physician leaders. On today's show, your host, Dr. Victor Jew, speaks with Dr. Lynn Ashdown. Lynn was completing her family medicine residency when she suffered a series of catastrophic injuries. She has since become an advocate for stronger patient partnerships with a focus on medical education. Over to you, Victor. Thanks, Pat, and welcome everyone to episode 52 of Leading the Way. I am very excited to be joined today by Lynn Ashdown, patient partner and leader who I have had opportunity to work with on a number of different projects and committees. Lynn, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Victor, for for having me. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to your perspective and really wanted our listeners to hear from the patient partner aspect of what um, health system and physician leadership means. Why don't you let us know a little bit about yourself and your background? Like you said, I'm a patient partner, but I do have a bit of a unique background. I did train in medicine, graduated from medical school at the University of Ottawa, almost finished my family medicine residency, and then had my life completely turned upside down when I suffered uh, catastrophic injuries. And that was a little over eight years ago. It fundamentally changed how I view the role of patients in all areas of healthcare, but also in particular in in medical education. And and I really say that it took me becoming a patient to learn that I still had so much more to learn as a physician. There was a big gap in my medical education then. If I was still so shocked in how little I knew and how little my medical education had prepared me for being a patient, what are these gaps of knowledge? And that led me to doing my master's in medical education, where I basically tried to answer that question and then come up with recommendations for medical education on how patient partnerships can truly transform medical education and how they can be used to fill in those gaps. Lynn, you referenced your master's in medical education. Congratulations again. And I know your thesis is titled Transformative Role of Patient Partnerships to Enhance Medical Education. So can you tell us a little bit more about this work? I can summarize my entire thesis into one sentence. The ultimate recommendation is to mobilize the expertise of patients in medical education. And that involves learning with and from patients and not learning about patients. This patient experience that I had and continue to have and will continue to have for the rest of my life really has fundamentally changed how I view the role of patients within healthcare, but in particular, sort of my thesis focused on in in medical education. As we talk about the role of physician leaders and leadership in-health system and, you know, your discussion on how important the patient partnership perspective is. To those physician leaders who are listening, either upper-and-comers, people like I hope myself will be, and others who have been in for a while, uh, I loved your summary line. Um, Can you build on things and ways that we can further incorporate that into our work? I came up with a number of recommendations, but I think the ones that are most appropriate for this talk, one is we need to rehumanize medicine. And that's something that we need to make a philosophical shift in medical education from the clinician view to the patient view, but not losing the breadth of scientific knowledge. What I mean from that is 
Absolutely. The biomedical and the scientific information is really important, but we've focused now so much on that, that we've actually lost the human aspect of care. And I challenge people listening to think of what actually counts as care. We train our our learners from the beginning. I mean, the way that our system is set up is their first two years is basically in-class learning. And then they only sort of really get to start to experience patient care in in the latter parts of their training. But what that's doing is it's unconsciously biasing our learners right from the beginning that the scientific information is more important than the human aspects of healthcare. When it's not, they are equal. And sort of when I talk about mobilizing the expertise of patients, they have a certain knowledge that other healthcare providers and physicians don't have, and we're really missing. I think sometimes our medical culture, A, we don't like change, but then we see it as a threat to, there's still that bit of that patriarchy that exists within doctor knows best, right? But this information actually isn't in competition. It's it's complementary. And there's certain things that only doctors know. There's certain things that only patients know. There are certain things that both doctors and patients know, but maybe know it and have different varying opinions of what matters. But then there are also things that neither the patient nor the doctor knows as well. And unless we bring everybody together, we're not teaching our learners what I call patient-partnered care. I've sort of tried to get away from patient-centered care. So with respect to what I was talking about in, in my thesis about, you know, patient partnership in medical education, I propose that it starts before day one of medical school. It means patients are part of the admissions process. They're part of the interviews. I envision patients being part of admission committees and then patients being part of curriculum design and being part of teaching and being embedded in all levels of institutions within the faculty of medicine, sitting on committees. There are a lot of things that patients could speak to. They could speak to communication. They could speak to listening. They could speak to what counts as care. There's been no secret in the media about Canada's healthcare system crisis. Clearly, as we've worked through the pandemic and seen the challenges that this fall and winter have brought, there's no question that uh, many are concerned with the direction of the system and where we're going. And I, I wonder, from your perspective, how hospital healthcare leaders can lead during a healthcare crisis like this in a patient-partnered manner that builds trust in the system and can you know, start to you know, rebuild or, or renew the system in the direction that we need. Everybody knows that the healthcare system is in crisis right now. And the reality is patients have been hurt by this crisis, but patients also see that the healthcare providers have been hurt by this process as well. And, you know, I have a big network of of patient partners that have no background in, in, in healthcare, and they see that the healthcare providers are hurting as well. And they're concerned for that as well. They're concerned for their own health and their own well-being, but they're actually also concerned for the healthcare providers. And, you know, I think that really highlights something that I also highlighted in my dissertation, but that the practice of medicine is innately human. It's humans taking care of humans, 
right? And so again, this idea of partnership, that's what it's all about. And so from a patient perspective, we see that the system is in absolute crisis. I still say that as hard as I have it in terms of struggling to navigate the system, I still recognize the tremendous privilege that I have based on just my previous training and and expertise and even some connections that I have. But I'm terrified right now of ending up in the hospital. And so if I'm terrified, how is every other patient feeling? That's the first thing to recognize is that everybody needs healing. But then also when we think of who's going to heal the system, a big thing for me is honesty and transparency. And that's all patients want. I was talking to a rural physician who, at the beginning of the pandemic, what she was doing had nothing to do with what she learned in in medicine. She was setting up, you know, food banks and serving food to people and, and that sort of thing. And so true leaders prioritize, mobilize, adapt. And here are these physicians who weren't above serving food to people. And that to me actually is the true definition of being a physician because it's about serving the population that you're caring for. And that's the care that they needed in that moment. But you didn't learn about that in medical school, yet that was what their patients in their community needed the most at that moment, being innovative, adaptable. But I think the biggest thing that I've seen that from a patient perspective is they appreciate honesty. CSPL's annual conference, uh, the Canadian Conference on Physician Leadership, this year's theme is actually around healing the health system leadership for renewal. And so I wonder about hearing from your perspective, the types of conversations that you hope might be had there and and things that an organization like ourselves can continue to to do to start humanizing or rehumanizing the system. From a patient perspective, again, it means everybody needs healing right now, but who are we looking to, to heal the system? And And I don't think people are thinking about patients as being a part of that. And I would challenge people to view patient partners as part of that solution. And again, patients are stakeholders in this. You could argue they are the main stakeholder in this. So including patients in this and not in a tokenistic way, but what if there was, we nominated a patient partner leader to be part of this? How phenomenal would that be? How do we view the expertise of patients? Do we view their expertise as equal or is there still a hierarchy of knowledge? Obviously, there are the roles for all of the people that are already sort of involved, but really think how can we incorporate patients in a meaningful and legitimate way that they also are part of the solution. Everyone wants the best possible care and they want to give the best possible care. So we actually all have the same goal and we're all humans. The practice of medicine and healthcare is innately human. And so I really, really hope that as part of this sort of trying to overcome the healthcare crisis and heal the system, that we really also include patient partner leaders or, or something like that. I, I, I'd really love to see that because again, that's working with and learning from patients and, and, and that's a two-way street. And that's why I'm intentional when I say partnering as well, 
and not just centered care. Because I, I think the idea of patient-centered care is a fairly nebulous concept. And I, I learned that from firsthand experience that what I thought was patient-centered care wasn't. So I'm intentional when I always say patient-partnered working together for a common goal. Lynn, I, I wanted to hear some of your thoughts um, and advice for kind of learners who are striving and currently involved in, in leadership, but your thoughts and perspectives about how we can prepare, learn, and, and work with patients as we get involved in, in healthcare leadership as well. Everybody has the capacity, title or not, to be a leader today and an influence and positive change. And so I don't have a big fancy title or anything like that, but the fact that you invited me here to me shows that I'm doing something right at least. And that if you lead by example and you change two people's perception, well, then you are a leader. I think we all have the capacity to be leaders starting today. And, and that just comes down to how, how you act, what your fundamental values are. I think a great leader has great humility and takes the time to really critically reflect on how they're doing, but also the the problems that exist. You know, my thesis required me, it wasn't just the lived experience. It was my critical reflection of the lived experience that has led me down this path. And so never underestimate the value that your actions can have and the change that you can influence, even when you don't think that you are. Sort of the the only other thing that I've learned that I've gotten a lot better with by that it was forced upon me was once I became a patient, I was forced to be vulnerable. Vulnerability, I, I'm either quoting or paraphrasing Brene Brown, but vulnerability is the birthplace of learning and change. And and so true true leaders, I think, are humble, critically reflect, know when not to lead, actually, know when they need help and and ask for help, are honest, but ultimately critically reflect and allow vulnerability in. Lynn, on behalf of the CSPL and myself, thank you so much for all of your amazing work and for taking the time in your busy schedule to talk to us. Now, back to you, Pat. Thanks, Victor. And thanks, Lynn. That's our show for today. We hope you will continue to listen to our future podcasts. Please subscribe to them through your favorite podcast platform or access them via the CSPL website at physicianleaders.ca. Until next time.